Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Yeah Yes, good evening. Good evening, everybody. Uh, uh, shout out to everybody all over the world, wherever you're listening. This is the Keith Walsh Podcast, and my name is Keith Walsh. Well done. We've come to the right place. It is, uh, as I record this, it's Monday night. It's the 9th of the 11th. It's the real 9-11. Um, and it is 2020. So, there you go. You're all caught up. You know what's going on. Uh, I'm up in my room where I have um, left my family. Actually, my daughter's studying. She's got exams tomorrow. She's got, uh, do you remember, well, if you're listening to this and you're my age, and possibly a little bit younger, definitely if you're older, uh, we had the mocks and then we had the leave insert. She's currently sitting her pre-mocks, I think. It's like a kind of, it's not even the Christmas exams, it's just after Halloween exams. They're called pre-mocks. And then, I think the mocks happen straight after Christmas. So she's studying for those. It's all go, I tell you. Like, the, there's no there's no break for them in sixth year. I feel like maybe if I if I had that myself, I might have been a bit more tuned in. I didn't really get into the whole studying thing until, um, well, until it was too late. Uh, but, you know, look at me now. I've got my own podcast. <laughs> Oh, lads. Um, <clears throat> I'm a little bit tired today because I I took part in an experiment on myself. I, you can, you, I'll talk about I talk about it when I'm talking to Mike um, in the actual podcast. This is episode... There's no point in me um, rambling on here because there's enough rambling talk uh, in the actual chat. Um, I think it's episode 22. I'm going to say 22. Could be 23. But it'll say on the thing anyway. You don't need to. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's the next episode, and it's me chatting to my friend Mike, and we talk about everything from eating tiramisu like a dog, um, Donald Trump, and what he's like to work for, um, because Mike did. And we spoke about booze. We talked a lot about booze, and uh, one particular custom of Mike and his wife's. Um, called TTP Tea Time Pint I think anyway you'll, you'll hear him talking about it um, we spoke about um, woodpeckers getting drunk so it was quite the chat we got we got we got through a lot um, as usual we didn't get to or to any of the stories we're supposed to get to like Barry Manilow's drummer or um, Jean-Luc Picard didn't speak about those guys at all, but I'm sure we will in the next episode. Anyway, uh, that's enough of an intro for me. I will leave it here. It's me talking to my friend Mike. Enjoy. Enjoy yourself. Some people can eat and talk, and you wouldn't even notice, but me, if I'm eating and then I'm talking, I'm just like, just, you just know. Anyway, happy birthday. Let's let's get cracking. Thanks very much, babe. Uh, oh. I'm I'm drinking a beer. Uh, it's uh, Rascal's Jailbreak Lager uh, from Rascal's Brewers in Inchicore. Uh, and what's the uh, alcohol like on that? It's four point two percent. Okay. 
so it's grand it's it's an it's a very full-bodied delicious lager and uh i've decided to have being it. sponsored by them no not actually <laughs> but my friend works there so i should give them a mention uh but uh, i've decided not because it's your birthday but i decided to have a beer for the um podcast just for the crack but i've been doing a sort of an, an experiment this weekend so i haven't had a drink in 2020 and I just I had a busy year. There was a lot going on. There's a lot of shit going on. I was getting therapy. I was, you know, so I just said, look, yeah. I'm just going to cut this out completely. Uh, and, you know, just give myself the year. So I've decided this weekend to have a few drinks and then assess, reassess everything on Monday. And, you know, talk to my family and say, oh, how did, how did you, how did you find me this weekend? I'll have a little, I'll have a little questionnaire. How was everything for you this weekend with dad? And, uh, and then I'll, I'll assess myself and um, and see where, where I'm at because I'm not really sure if uh, I'm not really sure if total teetotal is the way to go. I kind of feel for whatever reason, uh, it's good to kind of have a couple of drinks every now and then and kind of it gives it whatever effect it has. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm a, I, I'm a constant. I'm an overthinker. Uh, Mike, and I think you know. I think you are actually not to use the not to overuse the word think, <laughs> as mm-hmm. in overthinking. But I think you are you are overthinking it. I think you know if you if you haven't got a bad relationship with alcohol, uh, there's no need to knock it on the head. Now, myself and uh, Mrs. Marin gave up um, alcohol for June, July, and August this year. Lovely. Um, so, I, you know, I heard it. I think we were both listening to something on the radio that was saying, you know, during these lockdowns and pandemics and things aren't, you know, people, you need a clear head in times like this. And although a couple of beers can make that of an evening disappear and, uh, you know, you don't you don't overthink things then when you've got a couple of pints on board. Um, but I think, you know, they it adds to the, the mess up, doesn't it? That if you've got a hangover and it's expensive and it's, you know, it's not great for you. Then you put on weight really easily and all this sort of stuff. There's a lot of negatives about beer and there's a lot of positives about beer, alcohol, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think you're probably right every once in a while to, to ease off and see how it suits you. And I think, uh, like, I think, I don't know, but my, my diet has gone to shit since I stopped drinking. Mm. Like, and I've been craving sugar, obviously, because I'm not getting sugar in booze and so, so i had a few drinks last night and then today i made up this massive uh spinach salad and with with gherkins and i was very healthy today i started drinking lemon water i don't know what the fuck has gone on to be honest with you like you know i don't know why i couldn't it's like i self-sabotage why couldn't i be really healthy and ha- not drink at the same time why is it now that i'm having a drink now my the guilt has kicked in so i'm like you know making sure everything else is healthy it's it's uh i'm a bit You're of a kind of overcompensating yes which is which is what i do all the time um and my subconscious seems to run things you know but uh so there you go that's my my booze experiment we'll see i'll let you know how i get on next week Dude, let us, let, yeah. next week's installment will be the uh the hangover it'll, it'll be what the hell uh i also i i felt like because Suzanne was saying, but you, you, you said when you weren't drinking, you, you, you felt like you had a clearer head. But the not drinking coincided with me not working on breakfast radio, uh, which is very tiring. And mm. so I'm going to see if, you know, what the effect you know, was. Do I just have a, am I just more focused and have a clearer head? Uh, obviously not drinking at all. You know, you would have a, a clearer head and be more focused. But, you know, is there something else in at play, like not, working crazy hours do you know what i mean so hey look so i'm interested i'm interested <laughs> yeah, no it's very interesting would you have drank then when you were doing early mornings uh not a, not during the week i only ever drank at the weekend so my drinking schedule would have been friday nights and saturday nights and very rarely on a sunday and if it was on a sunday it would be a couple of bottles of beer um and what i would drink would be maybe but i would i could drink a bottle of wine Mm-hmm. Um, of an evening uh, and maybe a couple of beers as well so I mean I, I don't think I was going over any kind of uh, health limit 
Uh, well, that because, would that would be. I think I think a bottle of wine. <laughs> would it? <laughs> Jesus, yeah, of course I would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a, 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 bo- a bottle of wine, a couple of beers on t- two nights of the week. You're you're over the limit, are you? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of bingy, you know. <laughs> um, oh, you know. Although I'm not one to judge, I love I love a good beer, and I, I, I do you know what I, I do like a glass of red wine as well. And uh, but I find these days, if I have a glass of red wine, uh, my stomach is in bits really after it yeah yeah i'm not too bad with sort of a weaker sort of session lager or something you know like a 3.8 or a four point something yeah but if, if i start going into the realms of the five percenters i uh, i i know all about it the day after okay right so it, yeah. it affects I find your... it really really upsets my sort of digestive equilibrium wow Okay, well that's good. And what would your what would your if you so so you're currently you give up for three months and you're kind of having a drink an occasional drink now. What would your natural sort of drinking week be like if you were to have a drink or you know if you weren't really being overly careful? Oh, more than I should, I'm sure. Um, I'd have you know sort of three or four cans handy every every evening if I could get away with it. But I don't, you know. I just I, I try not to you try and sort of stop every once in a while but then i think to myself you know what's the point of that you might as well just have a beer every evening you know we we have in this house what's called a ttp um i don't know if you've ever heard of a ttp or know what a ttp is but uh, let me explain for the listeners out there (laughs) (laughs) he's gone all he's gone all terry wogan on us (laughs) a ttp actually was developed in uh, terry's hometown of limerick okay uh, by by uh, some uh, my my sister-in-law's sister-in-law, who happens to be a doctor, and uh, had a shitload of children. I mean, you know, she had children everywhere. There were every time you went to the house, there were there were children and new babies and stuff. And they had this thing, you know, about it's all about you know getting the kids to bed at seven or eight o'clock or whatever. And you know what it's like when you're a new parent you're all about structure and you want to get them down at seven o'clock so you can have a bit of an evening and all this kind of stuff and it's the you know can they can they sleep through the night and all this kind of stuff well her idea uh was um at six o'clock get to the pub for a ttp a tea time point and within an hour and 15 minutes drink as much as you physically could (laughs) get home put the child down and uh take it from there and it, it works and uh, ever since jimmy's now 16 years old we have had around every weekend we'd always have a ttp so a little bag of crisps and a glass of lager or a, a sort of a, a craft beer or um, used to do gin and tonics but now i don't touch anything with the top shelf really um so I'd, I'd only be a beer drinker really you know nothing nothing major so you, so you'd all, so obviously lockdown now. Uh, we're in lockdown at the moment, but so, you, so you'd go to the pub at tea time. Yeah, we would have, we would have done in the in the early days. Yeah. Um, now, of course, we don't. We live in the middle of nowhere. Um, the TTP era only lasts for about three years. When you when you're sort of paranoid about children sleeping and getting them to sleep through the night. When they get to three, I mean, nobody gives a shit at that stage. They stay up till whenever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. I don't care. Fuck them. They can walk to the toilets. You know, they can do that sort of stuff themselves. So, yeah. I'm fascinated by, uh, I, I'm, 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 to be honest with you, I mostly want to do a podcast where I just get people on and ask them about their drinking habits. Um, like, I'm utterly fascinated by how much people drink, uh, how much they think is okay to drink, how they feel generally. I, I'm, I mean, I, I I think I'd like to write a book about it. Um, I, it. It is fascinating. I mean, I I think it is probably this country, if not the world's worst thing ever. Drink. Yeah, I, I you know if 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 somebody was to stand up in a room today, right? And uh, listen, I've come up with this great new invention. Um, it's called alcohol. You can drink it in uh, various quantities. It comes in all these shapes and flavors and whatever. And um, after about two drinks, you lose the run of yourself. And uh, <laughs> six or seven, uh, you can do all manner of stuff. You can't drive. You can't. Your judgment is completely gone. Um, all your inhibitions have gone, and uh, it'll rot you from the inside out, and it'll cause all sorts of death and. Uh, 
drinking and dangerous driving and dangerous stuff and everything. And, um, you know, imagine, imagine putting that before the, 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 the food and spirits agency, whatever they're called, you know, and sort of saying, that's, what do you think? And they'd go, no, are you crazy? No one would ever give that the green light as a thing to have in your life. Yeah, there's so much death and destruction and sort of all sorts of bad things, mental health, whatever. But, but, go on. <laughs> but, but also, uh, it's, you know, there's a reason why for however many millions of years, I don't know, <laughs> I should probably know how long humans have been around. Yeah, it's in the hundreds of thousands of millions. <laughs> uh, uh, that we've always sort of sought out. Uh, things that would get us intoxicated whether it's psychedelics or uh amphetamines or alcohol or whatever stimulants um we you know there's there's obviously a place for it oh yeah and it's there's a place for it in nature in uh, woodpeckers get um uh drunk on you know apples that are fermenting when they fall off trees um have you ever seen a drunk woodpecker no it would probably be a non-woodpecker. It probably miss the wood. <laughs> <laughs> and all, all sorts of primates get drunk and high and, you know, eat various things. So, yeah, everybody wants to get off their head and away from the world we live in at some point. But um, I, should, I think I should, alcohol, the I whole feel, industry is, is a bit tricky, you know? I feel like saying <laughs> my pecker doesn't work with alcohol. Um, yeah, look, it's it's it, it's it's interesting that we've decided as a culture, and obviously we're talking from the Western world and from Ireland. We're not we're not including our uh, Muslim friends, um, and I know there's other other religions that just don't drink, but uh, or pretend not to. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, like I know it's not ideal. Um, no, it's not. I know there's bad things, but you're not helping my argument here. Um, but yeah, we've like we've just I suppose we've always just sought it out, and and that's there's I don't know I'm just fascinated by it. Um, maybe I will write that book and just call it "Drink" and ask people about their drinking habits. But I like that. I like that. I, I I'm always interested in uh, people's sort of uh, little. Um, like you just mentioned, what was the, the, the tea time point, the TTP? Yeah, TTP. I mean, th- there's the thing, right? We've given it a name. We 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 build our life around the TTP. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you're talking fun. you're talking about this as a, you're talking about it as if it's a bad thing. Come on, <laughs> it's like a it's like a religious experience. Yeah, and maybe if it's if if you deal with it in that way and you respect it in that way and you're able to because a lot of people aren't and you know there are times in my life when I didn't respect the booze um mm. and that's why I suppose I, I, I constantly overthink it but if you if you treat it in a way that it is like a, maybe a religious experience and and you know it's it's what's seldom what's rare is seldom what seldom is what, <laughs> what's what is the thing how many beers have you had <laughs> literally had four mouthfuls this is your questionnaire for you. Right <laughs> I've answered my, speak. answered my own question. That, um, like last night, I, I had a few glasses of wine, and at, at one point, I was sitting on the sofa and I was watching uh, an excellent series on Netflix. I think it's called The Queen's Gambit. Um, it's oh, a, yeah. it's about a chess a prodigy, protege, a, a young girl who's an orphan, uh, but she has a She's amazing at chess. Um, anyway, it's brilliant. But I was sitting there, kind of a few glasses of wine in. Most people had gone to bed, and I was just sitting there going, "This is, this is just perfect." It was <laughs> this show was perfect. I felt lovely. It just you know the fire was lighting. My wife was fast asleep beside me on the sofa. <laughs> nobody was <laughs> nobody was talking to me. I was I was feeling. I felt lovely, uh, and I was yeah, like, so you, this... were, "You were pissed and alone." <laughs> yeah, but but even but I wasn't even pissed, and I was just like, it was just pleasant. It, I just felt warm, and also, you know, my stomach muscles had relaxed. So I'd, 
I had become I I had stopped I'd stopped tensing my body for whatever fucking weird thing I was worried about coming around the corner. So I I had been totally relaxed, you know. And but, in, you see, there's nothing wrong with that as a relaxant, you know. Um, but the problem is, it of course, when it takes the edge off, you just want more. You don't want the edge. And if your life becomes anxiety ridden and whatever, you want to get rid of that edge even more and more and more and not to feel stuff is good. And then you're on the, the road to, you know, downtrodden, living on the streets. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus, Mike, I'm just, I'm just literally having a beard. But um, I do think... I do think it's interesting and I'd love to, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this weekend as an experiment because I've actually, I was thinking of just never drinking again, to be honest with you. So mm. this is, this is kind of my last little, possibly my last time ever drinking. Um, and this will all go in the book, but yeah, so that's, that's the crack with me at the moment. Uh, so you can, you, you, you can pinpoint the time where, be, <laughs> and I remember that was the was podcast. It was my birthday. He said he was having a beer. He was doing an experiment. And like, he just went off the rails after that weekend. Last time I saw him, he was fighting a cop in, uh, in Piccadilly. Uh, and he had no trousers on. It was... Yeah, he was, with, uh, he was with Donald Trump. He was riding Donald Trump like an elephant at a circus. Neither of them had pants on. Of course, the Donald, the Donald doesn't drink, does he? Well, we, we we know that he doesn't drink, and this is my my issue with people who don't drink is my, and look, lots of people don't drink and don't dabble in anything, but I would imagine Donald has something that puts a pep in his step, and I don't think it's Diet Coke, um, which he drinks by the lorry load. Uh, I'm not I'm actually not even going to speculate about anybody taking anything, but uh, yeah, he doesn't drink famously. But he's someone who I think yeah. could do with a drink. Do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. He needs a little bit of perspective. He needs those uh, stomach muscles to relax. Mm. He needs that hair to relax. He needs everything to relax a little bit. He needs to I've, be. I've he needs had... to be sitting on a couch watching the Queen's Gambit and just feeling lovely. And I think that would change his perspective, and he'd be nicer to people. But you, as you were probably just about to start saying, you have had. A, I'm wary about you talking about him because I know that the people of of your place, of your area, where mm. uh, where Donald's hotel is, where is it? It's in Dunbeg. Dunbeg. They're very protective of them, are they? The locals. They are, there's, but there's a lovely bit actually in the um, uh, the I think it's the Times or the, the Independent today um, saying that um, that Dunbeg is willing to give up the presidency. Um, and hand it over to the people of Mayo because Joe Biden is famously from Mayo. Okay. And it's kind of that light-hearted thing. Yeah, because the people, the, the people of Doombeg Village have sort of um, you know, they've stuck up for old Donald, and Donald has sort of invested money down there. Well, I don't know whether it was Donald, in fact, I know it wasn't Donald, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um yeah, so I mean the the Trump organization, as it stands, has done lots of good things for Doombeg, the village. Um, and kept sort of jobs going down there. Arguably, he just bought it and he he, he sort of run it. Um, and that could have been anyone. And anyone would have bought it and run it as a decent business. So, you know, it's not. I'm not sort of saying he's the hero down there. But uh, to a few people who were in business down there, he is the big hero. And uh, there's been quite actually. A, there's been a bit of consternation and a bit of um, sort of negativity it's a couple of camps down there you know sort of like the business people are saying listen he's great he's great for business and the locals are saying yeah he's great he's great for business but um we don't want to align ourselves with you know the misogynistic racist sort of side of things mm. allegedly that come out of his mouth um and i i for one i mean i i worked um for him for the best part of a year i'd say i've i've met um all of the family. Um, I've been in vehicles driving all of the family, including the Donald. Um, obviously, there's things I can say and things I can't say because he's so, he's so into litigation. Mm. If you put a foot wrong, he will just send a lawyer at you. And, and I've witnessed those lawyers. I've been driving those lawyers around and witnessed them on the phone to other people. And it's just like, wow, this is like the Sopranos, literally like the Sopranos. Um, 
but that's the way they do business. There's a lot of sort of New York shouty sort of, you know, kind of TV-esque stuff around them. They're, what, uh, he's as what, bad as a box of frogs. What was your job then uh, in Dunebeg? I was head of guest services. So uh, ran the, the team of gentlemen and ladies who welcomed everybody there and sort of looked after them. Sort of like a concierge, really. Sort of, you know, bag carrying, car parking, looking after them, booking this, that stuff for them and uh, we had a concierge down there but it was a different type of concierge it was a club concierge so I didn't do that I did the sort of the hands-on how are you you know um, here's your air conditioning and here's this and if you want to do this and you want to do that I'll sort it out for you kind of thing so is there is there uh, is there any stories that you can tell or that you'd like to tell or would you rather just not get into it just in case I mean <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want you to get it. I don't want you to get in trouble, and I don't feel like you no, need to. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, look, I, look. We we all know what he's like. You know, he he he's very open about uh, his his beliefs and thoughts and all that. But uh, so so don't feel any pressure. But uh, no, I mean, all I can do. You know, people used to say to me, "Hey, Jesus, he can't be that bad, can he?" You know, that's not re- surely he's not really like that. Mm. And he is. He is. You know, he is that sort of a. You know that that you'd be driving in and. Um, his security team, he always treated himself like he was the president. That's the funny thing, because when he came, he wasn't president. He hadn't even thought about going for election. I'm sure he thought about it, but he hadn't uh, put his name up or anything. Yeah. And the couple of times I'd met him down there, he was, you know, sort of like uh, security and, uh, you know, people around him and sort of going to this, we're going to do this at this stage and we're going to get out of the car at this point because it's good for photos. And there was nobody taking any photos. There was no press you know, he, he famously rang, he was on the way from the airport, I think, and uh, people weren't paying enough attention to him. So he rang the editor of, um, well, the paper down in Cork, the, uh, the examiner, and said, you want an interview with me? Here it is. I'm in the car going to Doonbeg. You got to mention Doonbeg, you know, this kind of stuff. I mean, talk about self-publicists. He was he was unbelievable, and uh, you know, and and the security is saying, "Listen, when we drive back into the hotel, he doesn't get out of the car until we're all sort of thumbs up. He's getting out and all this kind of stuff." And uh, he just like, "Stop, stop the vehicle! There's young people there. I want to go see the young people. Who wants a selfie with the Donald?" And it's like fucking it, <laughs> strolls off into like a group of people who could be anyone in the middle of you know his hotel, effectively, but it's you know the courtyard and stuff, and he's just. You know, I love young people. I love Irish people. I love the Irish. I love you guys. Who wants a selfie? I'll give me your phone. I'll phone your grandma. This sort of stuff, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, but he, he was a pig. He would walk straight past you. I mean, the the kids were. Uh, I met Don Junior. I met uh, Eric and Ivanka. Where's Ivanka? Where is Ivanka? And Ivanka came out of a lift, going, "Where's my dad?" I said, uh, he's probably over in the, the bar having a pint. My dad does not drink. He does not do alcohol. Where is my father? And I was like, oh, Jesus. I said, I'll take you over. Yes, you will. You will show me exactly where my father is. And I'm, th- I'm walking over there to the bar thinking, actually, I don't know where the fuck he is. Um, I could get into a lot of trouble now by taking this woman into it like a pub or something. Uh, and, you know, they, they were just, um, yeah, they were... They, just not a nice vibe from them people. I've got plenty of other stories, but I won't say anything until he's, he's, he's officially off the, uh, until until he's not the dead. president anymore. Until he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, is you know, he, you know, I, I remember having a, a conversation with him at one point, and um, I said, "How about I tell you when such and such a thing happens?" And he looked at me and he said, uh, "How about you shut the fuck up?" And I was like, I, I just said that to you. What if he's not? Him. Hey, hey, Mike. What if he's not an asshole? You're an asshole, and he was just—he <laughs> was just reacting to you. Did you ever think of that? Maybe, maybe he could. I mean, one of the kids came up to me, one of his sons, and said to me, "Listen, can you can you put it into the conversation with him that we need to talk about the golf course?" And I'm going. Uh, what do you mean? Well, we've got an issue with such and such a hole and uh, we need somebody to open it up and he's not going to be happy. So we'd rather not open that conversation. We'd like you to do it when we're in the car. Wow. And uh, then he might, he might do it, but he might kick off 
he might tell you to, you know, mind your fucking business or shut your trap or whatever. And who the fuck do you think you are? I'm going, there's no fucking way I'm going to say anything to that fella about golf courses or anything. Wow. And to have me there as the bait, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And would there be like, because I know when when we worked together in juries in Kensington, uh, South Kensington, just for anybody who hasn't heard any previous episodes, <laughs> the... Uh, if the big bosses were coming, you know, there was a bit of a kerfuffle. There was like, mm. there was pressure, there was stress, there was, everything had to be, uh, you know, so-so. And uh, I, I remember you taking me into a back room. That's a terrible way to start the sentence. But, uh, and, and you, had a, you had a chart and you had pictures of all the people, all the, the important people of the group, uh, the juries group, who, who I, I can't even remember any of them. But you like you were like point you're pointing and this is and this is because I needed to obviously recognize these people as they came into the hotel. I didn't fucking remember one of those faces that you showed me. But no, I, I knew but, I knew by the look on your face you didn't know. You weren't paying any attention to me most of the time. But I decided that maybe I should just treat everybody as if they were the owner of juries as they came in the door, just in case. You see, that that has always been my attitude when in hotels. You know, somebody tells me a VIP's coming in, they're all fucking vips everyone every and, the, and and more likely the people who have saved up you know a humongous amount of money in their idea to come wherever you're working for a weekend or a night or whatever they they are more important than those you know the owners are my my argument about the 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 juries and all, all the, those people that used to come in every time is like fuck them they, they, they're gonna have to come back i don't care if i haven't got the irish times in their bedroom there's a fella here who's on business and he could give us 300 room nights a year. He, he's the boy I'm after. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not the directors. And the, I mean, I, I remember uh, one of the directors, Peter Malone of Juries, um, he used to get the tube in from the airport and he, he, he made one of the, the cleaners. He wanted me to go down to South Kensington Tube Station to clean the steps because he had a group coming in who were quite important. And he thought they were going to come up by the tube and move some bins on the road up from South Kensington Tube Station because outside Cafe Nero or whatever, there were a couple of bins. He said that they were, they were smelling and stuff, so that needs to be sorted out. You're thinking, what fucking planet are you on? Are, you, are we allowed to talk about Peter Malone? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I did say he was mad at the time, but, you know, I, you know, very nice fella. <laughs> Wow. Um, so, it's, yeah, I think so, so make sure the bins aren't smelly on the way up from the tube station. Mm. That is that is excellent. Well, look, and, and when we have to tip our hat to him for just getting the tube and, you know. Absolutely. You know what? He came in and he, he was very much of the opinion that, listen, and he was one of the people that would say, I'm, I'm going to come back. That's yeah. You know, it's it was the other board members that we would sort of pussyfoot around. He would come in and how are you? Absolute gentleman. His daughter worked in the place. Chanel. I don't know if you remember Chanel Malone. Lovely lady. I don't think yeah. so. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. She was lovely. I see her down actually at the beach surfing during the summer. Her okay. Son surfs and my son surfs. Yeah. So yeah, old Peter Malone. Yeah, he was a terribly nice fella. And and to have that sort of forethought that listen, you know, we need to clean up London. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's an impressive guy who thinks. Yeah. I mean. Like South Kensington, for anybody who's never been there, is a fairly pristine spot. Mm. You know, it's 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 a very nice neighborhood. I um, yeah, it was lovely. I went out. I I I don't know. I don't know if I went out with her, but while I was working with you, there was a girl that I was seeing, and she was Scottish, and she was working in one of the other Irish hotels up uh, in Kensington. Oh, the Copthorne Tower. Yes, yes. And she worked behind the bar up there. And I used to go up there and sort of hang out at the bar after my shift and and whatever. But she but her her she lived with her brother at the time who was Scottish. And he lived in one of the I think in, in one of the Mews, would that be right? Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. But he was like a broker. Oh. And he was going out with this girl who was a supermodel. And my God, that like I used to sometimes just stay over in his place with her, you know. Mm. Fucking hell, man. That was like, that was, that was an eye opener, you know, with, with like, you know, just money. It was yeah, just... yeah. 
those those muse down there i know uh, guy ritchie where we worked actually in queensgate guy ritchie um if you went up the top of queensgate up to near the park there's queensgate muse um there's a tiny little pub run by an irish guy and in at the back is a uh, queensgate muse and that's where guy ritchie and madge lived and uh they he used to have a ferrari collection i think or wow. bugatti or something like that and all the bottom, the sort of the stable looking doors were all sort of like hugely um, alarmed and, you know, paranoid about people coming and robbing them. Well, he, he yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, I just to just to go on the Guy Ritchie thing, I was listening to a podcast recently with a, uh, a guy called Adam Buxton. I'm a big fan of his and I listen mm-hmm. to his podcast every every week. It's very good. I recommend it. Um, but he was talking to another an actor, radio presenter, television presenter, can't remember his name at the moment, Miles something. He presents the question or the question or a funny question. It's like, a, how have I got news for you on the radio or something? Anyway, so he, he had him as a, as a guest and they got on to talk about Guy Ritchie because Adam Buxton was in school with Guy Ritchie. Oh. And they were sort of pals, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah. When he described Guy Ritchie as, you know, he was a good looking guy. He was tall. The girls liked him. He was, you know, he, he had a lot of sort of clout around the school. But, you know, Adam was friendly with him. And uh, and anyway, so, so so years later, Guy becomes this famous guy, this director. And he's they go to an award ceremony and Adam's there. Uh, Adam used to present a show called The Adam and Joe Show. And they're at this award ceremony and Guy Ritchie is there. And, you know, in the run of two, he's like, it's hardly the same fucking Guy Ritchie that we went to school with, is it? So lo and behold, it is. It's the same guy, Richie, and he sees him and he, he's had a few drinks or whatever. And he decides, I'm going to go up and say hi to, to Guy. But Guy is there with all the, with all his guys, you know, mm. these big guys, these, you know, cool looking heavy dudes, you know. And uh, so Adam just goes up and Adam's kind of short, uh, shortish, you know, but that's besides the point. But anyway, you can imagine a shorter guy going up to this group of big, you know, impressive looking guys, and you know, I don't know, possibly drinking whiskey and wearing tweed and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Possible. Peaky blinders. Yeah, yeah, with rifles draped over their arms at an award ceremony and hounds at their feet <laughs> and Madge hanging out. Of but uh, so he went up to him, he said, hi, uh, guy, it's uh, it's Adam from school. And he just blanked him and he went, huh? and he said, okay, I'm, go- I'm, get- I'm going in here. And he went, it's Adam, we went to school together. This is the school we were in this year. We explained the whole thing, everything, like down to a T, explained everything to Guy Ritchie. And Guy Ritchie's answer was, I went to a lot of schools. Oh. And that was the end of the conversation. And he just went back to talking to his friends and just completely. Now, he w- Adam was kind of saying, I, I mean, he could have just not remembered me, uh, but yeah. he said, but I gave him quite a lot of detail. Uh, and, uh, uh, but it was probably that he just didn't, the guest, the guest that Adam was telling the story to, kind of said it was probably a sort of a, oh, don't be bringing up public school in front of my cool friends. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Let's not talk about soggy biscuit in front of everybody here. You know, you're embarrassing me. You know, that's that's not my reimagined life. You know. Oh right, I never realised he went to public school. Yeah, I'd have imagined he was sort of some sort of geezer, like well, that, the streets. Well, that was that was the sort of the. Yeah. You know what they were possibly alluding to was that he was he was a geezer, in it? Like he was, you know, he's, he was he was a hard man, hard chaw. He didn't go to schools with people like Adam Buxton. Because you know? I, I, funny enough, I just watched this week um, uh, Gentleman, the the Guy Ritchie movie, yeah, with Hugh Grant in it. Mm. I thought it was quite good, actually. I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen it, but I mean, he does make a good movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You can't take that away from him. No, and I There's do. A lot of people in show business that are idiots, though, and you know, just because they make good stuff doesn't make them nice people. Yeah, but also, like, I'm not saying we've all been there, but I'm sure we've all had a moment where someone's come up to us from our life that we just didn't want to see in that moment, and we wanted to pretend we were somebody else. Or, you know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's how I would have dealt with it, but you know, that's not. Yeah, I, was just, I, was just, I wouldn't be that shallow if I was that sort of popular. To sort what, of, I went to a lot of schools. What a knob jockey sort of thing to say. Well, when this podcast becomes incredibly famous and you're famous, we'll see. We'll see how you uh, handle it. Uh, I'll always be this. I'll always be down with the poor people. 
<laughs> the poor I people. know from whence I came. <laughs> the proletariat. They work for me. Um, but uh, yeah, so so are you, so I presume you're happy then that Biden is in and and Don, the Donald is gone, or do you think? I mean, we are very, and I've noticed that this time round more than ever before, we really like, we really get into like who who's the president of America. Um, I mean, it really, I don't know how much it's, it it will actually affect us, but we love it. We we lapped up the coverage. This, I mean, if you're if you're on Twitter or any social media at all. Or maybe maybe it was just Twitter. Actually, did you follow much of the coverage? I I stayed up till two o'clock on election night. I shouldn't have done because mm. um, uh, I realised when the first poll came out at midnight our time that it was going to be a hung jury. You know, that's the and I should have just gone to bed at that point because there was and no. You know, they were saying it's going to be three days. You should have stayed um, up late last night or something. Or... Yeah, maybe. I, I, it certainly didn't help anyone's cause, me staying up till two o'clock in the morning to watch it. It didn't uh, didn't help anyone. Um, I did get a kick out of watching CNN, though. There's a guy who does the, the map on CNN. John King. Um, oh, he was just phenomenal. He would touch, you know, a state, and then he would touch the parish, and then he would sort of, no notes, and he's going, this is Bayou Parish, uh, Trump won it by 712 votes last year and it looks like he's trailing here and whatever and it was just as far as I could see he didn't have any notes he was just he was just like standing in front of a big television touchscreen sort of thing and he just knew every parish and the numbers and whatever he was phenomenal absolutely fantastic and CNN I, I quite like CNN's coverage this time um, yeah. I'm usually a sort of BBC RTE sort of thing but they, they were just annoying me I think a lot of Irish people were were extremely impressed by this guy. Uh, I actually tweeted today. I said the first Irish person to get John King on their podcast is the winner, um, and I wrote, "Pick me, please, John." And I I, I, I included him in the tweet. So, so hopefully, is that yeah. his name? Is that John King? Oh, I, I I'm saying John King now, and I'm probably wrong. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, John King. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tweeted today. The first Irish person to get John King on their podcast is the winner. Pick me, John. So I'm See, sure. I didn't even. I'm sure I didn't that happened. I know that was a thing. I was just sitting there watching it television. I, I was sort of independently impressed with him. Oh. I haven't been following anybody else, um, but I've been sort of flipping between Fox and they're kind of going, "No, he, you know, the, he's the, the votes have been stolen from our president." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it, it's otherworldly. Like people are just lying. But it, on it, the television. it literally is otherworldly in that. It is very uh, sort of, and I don't want to be, I don't want to come across racist in any way, so I need to be careful, but it is very sort of, um, you know, Ugandan dictator-esque. Do you know what I mean? Uh, North Korea, I I am, you know, I, I won this, everybody in the country voted for me, and that's a fact, and I am also the greatest golfer uh, ever to play the game. And, you know, it's that, it is otherworldly. It's not, we're not used to it in, uh in Western politics, but it's quite a common thing. It seems to be quite a common thing in uh, in African politics, in, and I'm and I'm generalising because obviously North African, South Africans, and the middle of Africa, <laughs> each country is is completely different to the other. But but it it ha- it seems to happen more often on that continent. That kind yeah, of we, we've uh, got lots of dictators. I mean, look at look at look at uh, Russia, China. You know, there's there's all sorts of places but but they're not as blatant as him they're not they're not but, sort of peddling on one hand that we are a democracy and i am the leader of the free world um they're not so sort of they're not swinging all that way and so we lead the world we are the voice of humanitarianism in the, in the world we're the voice of sort of uh, peace and love yet we've got a guy that just stands up and, and sort of you know he just literally lies about stuff but the beauty of this is that he literally lies and we all know it's a lie. Whereas with Putin or with, you know, with North Korea or with China or with Uganda or wherever, we don't, people aren't sure who, what the truth is because it's yeah. covered up and Putin has won and people aren't sure whether he actually won or did he actually get the votes and who voted for him? Because it's all, at least, at least with America, you can't, I mean, Russia tried, but you can't really and maybe maybe they did succeed that time, but but hopefully it won't happen again. You can't really rig it. You can't. You can't. You would hope that there'll never be a dictator. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but they're peddling that they are the they are the the the, the birthplace of democracy. You know. But that's why they had and, to. That's why they had to fix it. That's why it had to. You know, they, <laughs> they had to get rid of it. Do you know what I mean? But fuck, he's got away with it so long. But anyway, look, he. If you think about it, like for a man like him to become the president, none of it is real. None of it is real. It's insane. No, but but thankfully, you also realise that he has very little power. Yeah. Um, I mean, domestically, the U.S. presidents don't have actual power on a sort of, you know, they've come out of the, the Paris Climate Accord or whatever. But, you know, the likes of California are way ahead on sort of green issues, way ahead of what the Paris Accord would have called for. So independent states are actually doing stuff because they realise on a sort of day-to-day basis that the their water is failing and they've got too much electricity needs and yada 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 and they're actually going do you know what we can't just wait around for some fella sitting in the white house to tell us what to do we just need to get our shit together and do it ourselves and they do that and they're quite progressive and i think we can thank our lucky stars that an awful lot of people in america are quite progressive but i still can't understand why over 70 million people voted for that fucking idiot I don't. Yeah, I mean, I can't even. I don't know. I can't offer you an idea. I, I could offer you a few different possible explanations, but it, I, I kind of feel like, and I, and this is a probably a terrible thing to say, but is it stupidity, and is it like, yeah, you know, it, it does it come down to just being, just being thick, like, uh, and not really looking into what's actually going on and just choosing to believe what suits your own, you know, take narrative, you know? Uh, yeah, it's it's all agenda-led. Yeah, these people, you know, a lot of business people think, you know, good on Trump. Um, I, You know, he's getting rid of Obamacare. I, I don't think my taxes should go to pay for people who are sick and they're poor. Mm. And that's, it's really horrible. I mean, somebody said to me um, in the early days when Trump took over Doombeg, you know, that... that, that uh, Jesus, there's no way your man could become president, you know, because he was, he'd mooted it. When I was leaving Doombeg, he'd sort of sort of put his head above the parapet and sort of mentioned that he was going to become the next president of the USA and all this stuff. And uh, one of the golf pros down there said to me, he, he couldn't become the next president. He, 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 he you know, he lies about his, his handicap. <laughs> <laughs> and golf is his thing. And, you know, and, and people that, lie about their handicaps are known as bandits you know it's you're only cheating yourself to to win you're giving yourself like an advantage by saying you're useless and then playing better than you've said you are it's a terrible i mean terrible way to live your life yeah yeah he's a terrible man i think we can all agree that he's a terrible man (laughs) but uh yeah look it's uh, hopefully you know better days are to to come and um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure America. I'm sure America will be great again now that he's gone. But I'm, I know. Um, I'm sure. Also, since um, you've you started drinking this weekend and stuff, and the, and the American um, uh, election and stuff yeah. has, yeah. has kicked off, I know that you you, you did a diversionary tactic and sorted out your uh, underpants drawer. Yes, I'm glad you brought it up. Well, this was my big job that my wife was insisting that I do this weekend was she's big in because because we're in lockdown at the moment and have a little bit of time my hand on my hands i only have one hand um i uh i she said uh, you need to clear out your your pants drawer and your sock drawer and just do a general clear out of my chest of drawers so yeah i had a very successful day uh i'll tell you something between myself and yourself i have an 18 year old daughter I found four pairs of boxer shorts um, not belonging to me in my drawer. And <laughs> the 12 year old son as well, and they weren't his, but uh, basically I, have, I had four pairs of my daughter's boyfriend's boxer shorts in my drawer, which, you know, is fine, but it's a difficult thing to think about. <laughs> You'd want to strangle the little fucker with it. <laughs> <laughs> But I do know, in fairness, it's 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 it's. It, I do know, in fairness, that it's if she stays over in his house, uh, you know, where he lives with his mom and dad, and it's all very, you know, mm. 
I'm sure it's all very whatever. Uh, I don't want to think I'm just, not, <laughs> I'm just not thinking about it. But she's, she doesn't always take a change of clothes. So I think she just wears whatever, you know, to bed. So she ends up with a, with, that's the innocent explanation. Do you know yes, what I mean? better off. <laughs> but, yeah, don't, don't think of any other explanations. But but that's <clears throat> that's a, that's a point where you, you can get to as a dad, where you're carefully folding up four pairs of boxer shorts and returning them to your daughter's bedroom to be returned to whoever owns them. You know, it could be worse. It could be worse, you know, <laughs> but, but it's... It's all done now. How are you with how are you with your with your socks and jock drawer? You got well, that shit under control. Yeah, I had a revelation actually. Funnily enough, you bring this up. Um, the, the, a, a huge revelation this week. <clears throat> so about two weeks, about ju- June, July, Sally Ann decided to go and buy um, my son some uh, new jocks. <clears throat> Not realizing because he's he's sort of large, medium in in most things. But of course, underwear, that sort of thing that, you know, I'm a sort of an XL top, but I would be medium in the sort of pant department, you know, that sort of 36 to 38 waist sort of of thing. And that's a medium, that's not a large. So she picks up uh, underpants and and he's got like a racing snake, he's like a 29 inch waist or something. I've got a good 10, 11 inches on him. So... No, I wouldn't have that many. Yeah, no, no, about 36. So anyway, I can't do maths. But um, she bought some stuff and I said, listen, that's that's um, that's never going to fit him. And of course, he'd open them all up so he can't return them. And uh, that he's sort of like, um, they're lycra, sort of like more of a, not a boxer short, but a sort of, um, I don't know, uh, they're like figure a, hugging. Yeah, like a tight boxer that's almost like a, like a brief, but it uh, it sticks to the skin. Like it's, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a cycling so I, short almost. Yes, exactly. Thank mm. you. That, that, that is a perfect explanation. So um, I saw these things and I thought, well, they're just going to go to waste now. Um, could, you not, could, you not, looked, could you not make a handbag out of them? <laughs> not a bad idea. But <laughs> they on. wouldn't be my style of underpant. Um but I thought last week I'll just I'll just try a pair on because they are my size, mm. and oh wow! <laughs> I can I can hear that this is a revel. I can hear from your voice that this was a revelation. It is just I'm on another planet. Everything is together and warm and sort of I don't know. I feel like a superstar. Wow. I feel like some sort of male model every time I take my child. I'm like, whoa, yeah. yeah. Like some sort of striptease kind of guy. Yeah. I, I, I feel you. Like, I, 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 I don't feel you. I, I, I hear you, you know. <laughs> I just, I can hear, I could, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think, so you've, so you've inadvertently stumbled across probably yeah. the greatest invention uh, ever ever i mean they're, yeah. they're supporting and everything i've never yeah. i've never felt that sort of tr- <laughs> never... carriage <laughs> yeah and everything's tucked away nicely and sort of like oh it's really I, I, I don't think i'll go back to I, I was wondering what i was thinking all those years wearing sort of you know the regular boxer shorts yeah you might as well not be wearing anything yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm giving I have experience of, of wearing those box shorts. The only problem with them sometimes is they can ride up and you, 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 I don't know if maybe you've got good quality. These are particularly good quality, but if they're tight, they can ride up and you're, you're kind of pulling them, pulling the leg down quite a lot, but maybe that, that doesn't seem to be an issue for you. No, I, I, I know what you mean. They do kind of ride up a little bit. Um, I kind of like that. But the- I kind of like, I like the fact that I'm sort of, you know, sort of, Fumbling around with myself. Oh God! Um, you've good reason. To, <laughs> to be, you've good reason to be at yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's a great excuse to be sort of like checking out everything's okay in the undercarriage department. But it, I mean, they're just the as I say, revelation. Um, and, and I think it, it, it was peak time. It just it was, the weather was getting cold and everything, and now yeah. everything's lovely and warm. And also, like the 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 ball bag does have a tendency to to to, to get droopier. So it's nice to have that kind of held up and controlled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was trying to, res- to restrict this conversation. You weren't going to get into that, were you? 
No, but you know, it's, they're kind of like earlobes when you get to a certain age. Yeah. They can sort of hit the back of your knees. There can be like a skin on skin stick sticking. You know, you 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 don't want it to sort of you no. know stick to the like, leg if it's if it's remember that gloop you used to get and you throw it at walls that would stick on it for a while. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the perfect explanation. And um are you impressing is have you have you has your wife seen you like a is this yeah she has and yeah, uh, she, yeah. apparently she, i'm um, thumbs up literally a, i am a god wow that's yeah. a, that's a result yeah i am back to godliness hey, your son's boxer shorts turned you into a sex god that's the title <laughs> of your next short story <laughs> that's it <laughs> I, I think actually my the working title for my uh, autobiography is a a, a gecko shat on my toothbrush Oh, lovely. I like that. That's a story we need to hear. And I presume that's just a story. That's it. Well, no, I was, I was, um, I was quite drunk. I was in Thailand and uh, we were going to bed and we were sitting in a, we were in, I was in Indonesia. I was in somewhere very hot anyway. And it wasn't actually a gecko. It was a thing called a toke, which is a big lizard. And they go, toke, toke. Where's the, where's the gecko goes, gecko, gecko. No. <laughs> <laughs> So this thing is up in the rafters and I'm going to bed and I'm uh, at a couple of Mekong whiskeys or something and I just said, right, I'm going to brush my teeth. And I was just putting the stuff on the, the toothpaste, on the toothbrush head, and this fucking lizard shat all over it from a height. Wow. So it ended up hitting the brush itself, uh. which was awaiting the crest or whatever, Colgate. And yeah, this, this shit sprayed all over me and the sink and everything and I was you know a bit pissed and I was thinking maybe that's the color of the toothpaste and I was getting it towards my mouth and I thought no 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 no, no. it's got bits of fly in it (laughs) you could have uh, discovered that um, lizard shit is excellent for cleaning your teeth and it could have been Probably, yeah. Could have been plaque removal qualities. Yeah, it could have been the universe way of showing you your, that could have been your your way of becoming a millionaire. Lizard shit toothpaste. You missed out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I have to let you go because I'm hammered. Um, <laughs> How many more sips have you had? <laughs> I finished the whole can. Have it's, you? Yeah, but it's a small, it's a, it's a three, 330. Oh, yeah. 330 mil can of Coke size. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, and I have to go to bed. Um, I've, had a, I've had a beer. It's time to call it a night. Well, you need to go for a fight first of all, surely. Well, I'll, yeah, my father-in-law's coming, uh, coming, and my mother-in-law, but they're coming for dinner, so maybe I'll have a fight with them. Oh wow! Okay, so a nice bottle of wine, maybe. Well, the evening is but a, ch- a pup, as they say. Yeah. Um, so what's what's on the what's on the menu? Are you cooking? No, my wife is cooking because I'm generally I don't really do meat, so she generally cooks, and then I'll make a little dish for myself. Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll sit at the child's table and eat mine while the adults eat their meat. <laughs> but uh, so that's the plan for the evening. We never got around to talking about the fact that my bird feed uh, feeder is empty already, uh, which uh, it's only been a week and they devoured everything in it. Uh, but I've gotten some nice birds. I'll t- I'll tell you more about that um, next next time. And I also, literally can't wait. And, and, and also, uh, no, I can't. I literally told you the whole story. That's it. There's nothing more to it. It's just empty. I need to refill it. But um, and also we never got to talk about your uh, encounter with who the hell were we supposed to talk about? Jean Luc. Um, Jean Luc Picard. Okay, we'll save that. Okay. Pat- Patrick Stewart story, and also the drummer uh, from what you call him, drummer? Can never remember his name. <laughs> Harry Manilow. Harry Banlow. Strummer, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Defo, next we'll save, time. We'll save that for next time. But uh, the problem now is having a beer. I, I could literally talk to you all night. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with that. We can just keep going. Just, we, 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 but I won't at no. the same time because my wife would probably need help setting the table or something. And, uh, and I'm you absolutely need to, You need to twisted. make yourself a jam sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's literally all I eat. <laughs> Uh, what's what? What do you what do you plan for the evening yourself? 
Uh, we're going to have some nice, uh, actually my wife, uh, we, we're, we're having our, uh, our national dish in the house. It's our favourite dish. Uh, Jimmy makes the sauce. It's a nice tomato-y, sort of herby, garlicky sauce. And you add a bit of mozzarella at the end when you've cooked it and uh, a little bit of cheddar. So it's um, effectively a bit of pasta with um, tomato-y sauce and a bit of cheese. Lovely. Yeah, it, it, it really is lovely. And, and, and Sunny Ann has made me a tiramisu, my, my all-time favourite which actually brings us back to the very beginning of what we were talking about, drink. Because my go-to hangover food when I lived in London was tiramisu. Wow. Yeah. Just, just you needed something stodgy and sugary, was it? As much as I could get. Wow. In fact, um, it was one of my birthdays. It must have been 20-odd. And... Uh, Sally and I had made a batch, like three or four big tiramisus. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I had got very drunk the night before, and I think I'd vomited, and I woke up, and really bad planning on my behalf. I was doing a seven o'clock shift at work, oh. and uh, I was waiting for a taxi, and I was almost crying. And uh, she caught me on my hands and knees in the kitchen, eating um, tiramisu like a dog, because we hadn't washed up anything. So it was... <laughs> No utensils. So I was like, <laughs> head in a bowl of tiramisu, trying to make the Mexican men in my head go away. Wow. I think we leave it on that, on that image. Yeah. Beautiful. That's what drink does to you. Beautiful. Listen, happy birthday, man, and uh, have a good Thanks evening. And enjoy your birthday evening and uh, have a drink on me. Enjoy the in laws. Um, and uh, <laughs> you enjoyed your birthday card anyway, did you? Phenomenal. But listen, best, but yeah, we, we keep stopping and now we're going to start again. This yeah, is I drink know, dust yeah. here. So, um, <laughs> like a drunk man in a pub, I'm trying to get away from you. And it's like, no, no, come here and tell you another story. You know? <laughs> so, your card, so I, I, I presume Sally Ann um, got in touch with you to send a card that you make for her to sign for me. Yes, yes, yeah. So, I, I, hand drew, I hand drew a card for you, specific I, for you. I tweeted it, you retweeted it, and uh, actually Terry Flanagan from um, RTE, uh, Mooney Goes Wild, retweeted it as well. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, so I thought, and it's it's got, it's. I think a lot of people have seen it on the old Twitter. Not that anybody follows me, but other people that I follow um, have done something to it. Anyway, but it, yeah, it's, um, it's fantastic. It is literally a picture of me with my unnaturally dark brown hair. Yeah, yeah. Mike not, the mic. Not died at all. And and you're on a mic and, and you have your emotional baggage beside you. I do. Literally, I carry it with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Uh, listen, listen, I'll def- I'm definitely going now. Yeah, of course you are, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 at the moment, I'm lying on the ground holding the mic up over my face. <laughs> and, I've, and I've wet myself. <laughs> Oh dear. Right. Good, Good night. See you, Mike. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Bye-bye. Oh, shit, I forgot to press record. <laughs> ah, see you. Tiramisu and Donald Trump and I can't remember the rest. Boozing. Oh yeah, boozing. Yeah, I'll talk about my experiments next time with Mike, I think. But today is Monday and it was I had a very good experiment weekend. A little bit tired today and not immensely motivated, but I'm getting stuff done. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I, I had a few drinks over the weekend. Did I enjoy them? I had moments where I was enjoying it, but. I think I need to just get good at having a couple of drinks or three pints or, you know, four pints even and let that be it. But, you know, I like to have some wine. I like to have maybe a cocktail. I don't really drink spirits much, but I would if someone made margaritas. No, there was no margaritas over the weekend. It was just wine and beer. But if someone made margaritas and handed it to me, I find it very hard to turn it down. And now that it looks like we might have a vaccine and we might be coming out of lockdown early next year, I want to, you know, enjoy life again. But look at, I think the thing is with any anything, um, a little bit of what you fancy 
and I think for me I'm generally a kind of an all or nothing guy so probably best to stay off the booze we had a good we had a good run at it we had a good innings anyway thanks to Mike as always for chatting to me all the way from Clare um, I do enjoy those chats and I actually I did enjoy that was my first time doing that with a beer did I enjoy it yeah I think so seemed a little bit looser but we we're also getting more used to each other so it could be that as well um, and yeah no I did enjoy it but I think I would have enjoyed it anyway I literally had one beer it wasn't going to make much of a difference but sure sometimes that could be enough uh, anyway uh, I gotta go and get the other podcast up hope you enjoyed listening as always if you want to email me keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com and uh, yeah that's it stay in touch be good mind yourself don't don't do what I wouldn't do do you know what I mean which leaves it quite open to be fair but um, yeah I just have to go now just need to sign off someday I'll get good at just saying goodbye goodbye What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.